0: Welcome back to the KPBS Cinema Junkie Podcast. I'm Beth Accomando. Let's talk anime. Cowboy Bebop is my all-time favorite anime, and this weekend the Ken cinema is showing the movie as its midnight film. If you've never seen an anime before, then make this the one to pop your cherry. The anime series debuted on Japanese TV in 1998 and delivered 26 revved-up episodes that make up one of the best anime series ever. The show offers a delirious collision of styles and influences. From America, Cowboy Bebop draws on everything from film noir to westerns, Sam Peckinpah to Dirty Harry, Pulp Fiction to Jazz, But then it gives the concoction a uniquely Asian spin. It's like an anime take on Blade Runner in which a Sam Spade-style antihero is time-warped into a futuristic city. It's the familiar made fresh. The main character is Spike Spiegel, a tough, tender bounty hunter nursing a broken heart. He lives in the year 2071, when old cars and new spacecraft operate side by side and people live on Mars. Spike works with a ragtag crew that sometimes has trouble tolerating each other. There's ex-cop Jet Black, the sexy and sassy Faye, a computer geek girl named Ed, and a smart Welsh Corgi dog named Ein. The movie, which was titled Knocking on Heaven's Door when released in Japan in 2001, takes place a few episodes before the end of the series. And this is one show that actually works in both its original subtitled and American dubbed versions. With Cowboy Bebop the movie, Japan once again proves that it's light years ahead of the rest of the world when it comes to animation. And it's not just the technology that's impressive, it's the storytelling as well.
1: Don't you get it?
0: I'm (laughs) gonna splatter grandma!
2: Well that's a real shame. But we're not cops and we're not from some charity organization. Sorry lady, but we don't protect or serve. This is strictly business. What? Guess you'll just have to chalk it up to bad luck.
1: Cowboy scumbag! Wait a minute! He
0: called you a cowboy. What did he mean? What are you?
2: Just a humble bounty hunter, ma'am.
0: Perpetually broke, Spike and his crew are always scanning the solar system in search of criminals with hefty price tags on their heads. As Faye pursues one potential reward, she crosses paths with a mysterious man who appears out of the wreckage of a tanker truck that explodes. The explosion was no accident, but rather an act of terrorism that released a deadly virus. Soon, Spike is in hot pursuit of the mystery man, who turns out to be Vincent, a soldier that supposedly died more than 10 years earlier after being a test subject in an experiment on Mars. Joining the search for Vincent is Electra, a tough dame who stirs Spike's interest after kicking his butt. Both hands up in the air.
2: Haven't we met somewhere before? Love the Toreador thing. Black pants, red jacket, nice look.
0: The
1: jumpsuit does nothing for you. Guess not. Turn around. Tell me what you're doing here.
2: Let's flip a coin. As I tell you tales, we go out on a date. (laughs) Are all the employees here like you? You've got some pretty classy moves for a corporate girl.
1: The more that you know, the shorter your life will be.
2: I love the kind of woman that can kick my
1: ass.
0: Like the series, the movie's a blast. Although a DVD of the film has been available for quite some time, fans should thrill at the opportunity to see their favorite characters engage in wild action on the big screen. The movie's definitely aimed at adults, but older kids with liberal-minded parents will love it as well. One of the pleasures of both the show and the movie is the way they move with ease from broad comedy to intense action to serious drama. The movie also tackles a popular theme in science fiction, the question of identity. Vincent, like Rutger Hauer's character in Blade Runner, is not a one-dimensional villain committing random acts of violence, but rather someone in search of his soul.
1: Why don't you shoot? What? What's wrong? Lose your nerve? You started out so fearlessly. Go on, pull the trigger. I don't think so. I blow the bounty if I blow you away. I have no fear of death. It just means dreaming in silence. A dream that lasts for eternity. You're an original, aren't you?
0: Vincent's angry because he's been used and cheated out of his own identity. After serving as a human guinea pig, Vincent lost all memory of who he was, and his humanity only comes back to him at the moment that he remembers something of his past. And Electra, who seems thoroughly intrepid, confesses her fear of having her memory erased by the corporation she works for and losing all sense of who she is. Aren't you afraid?
1: afraid. When they take us out of here, our memories will be erased or we'll be killed. Either way, the person you are, the person I am, will be gone. Even if we're
0: alive, it's like we're dead.
2: Just like Vincent, huh?
0: The serious discussion of such classic sci-fi ideas makes Cowboy Bebop a refreshingly adult animation that pushes the envelope in terms of what most American animated films want to deal with. And older kids who do get a chance to see it will not only be dazzled by the eye candy, but also might be challenged to think about these provocative ideas. Japan proves once again that animation in the right hands is a stylistic choice and not, as it is too often seen in America, merely a medium designed for kids. Director Shinichiro Watanabe, who also directed the series, instills the film with high-octane energy as it speeds along its course. He also invests it with a lot of cleverness. There's a scene where cars and space vehicles are packed into a futuristic Japanese multi-tiered drive-in to watch a scratchy old black-and-white print of High Noon.
1: If you're going to be the sheriff, that's the way to do it. You could actually face your enemy
0: in those days. It's a nice homage to the Western traditions that the film plays off of so slyly. And when Spike has his final showdown with Vincent... The Rain That Falls gives their encounter a kind of scratchy film grain look that refers back to the movie clip of High Noon that we just saw.
1: You came here thinking you would save the world, but it's too late. Sorry, but I'm just a bounty hunter. I don't really give a damn what happens to the world. It's all the same to me. I just came here to pay back the favor I owe you. You think it's just a threat, don't you? But I will do it.
0: Wantanabe also invests the film with a savvy retro sensibility and snappy dialogue that harkens back to 40s film noir. Wantanabe also makes the film a rollicking roller coaster ride of action, borrowing equally from martial arts, The Matrix, and Star Wars. Like John Woo and Sam Peckinpah, he also enjoys slow motion violence that emphasizes a balletic quality to the fighting. He also saddles up on bullets, all a Matrix but then he picks up the pace for a Star Wars-like dogfight in the upper atmosphere. Most of the action is played out to a jazzy score that's energizing. In fact, the film's jazz tracks are a great addition, and a nice change of pace from the more contemporary rock and roll that's often used in anime. And like directors of live action, Watanabe makes cinematic choices in shooting his movie. He employs a fisheye camera lens, rack focus, diffusion, and slow motion. All the tools a director would call upon to film live action. And here are used to great effect. The Ken is showing Cowboy Bebop the movie this Saturday at midnight. They're showing the subtitled version, which normally I'd say is the right way to show an anime. But in the case of Cowboy Bebop, I'll actually miss the English voice cast. Plus, the English dubbed script is a better translation than what's used for the subtitles. Seeing it on the big screen is a welcome thrill for fans, and hopefully it will also make some new converts. It also arrives just before a live-action version of the popular anime Attack on Titan will open. There had been plans to turn Cowboy Bebop into a live-action film, with Keanu Reeves rumored to take on the role of Spike. Thank God those plans never materialized. Cowboy Bebop is sheer perfection as it is, and I don't want to see that tampered with. Many Attack on Titan fans are feeling the same way about their beloved series, arriving as a live-action film. I'll see the film next week and report back. I also want to highlight a few film screenings here in San Diego. Cinema Under the Stars is screening The Blues Brothers this weekend in their lovely outdoor cinema with zero-gravity lounge chairs. The Lafayette Hotel is screening Roman Holiday on Friday and the film geeks at the Digital Gym Cinema, of which I'm a founding member, will be hosting a Universal Suspects trilogy of terror featuring Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, the Invisible Man's Revenge, and a special treat, The Case of Evil by local filmmaker Neil Halford, and done in the style of an old universal horror film. And for Universal Horror fans, there's an exciting opportunity to see Edgar G. Ulmer's The Black Cat, starring Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi, as the Digital Gym Cinema kicks off a month of throwback Thursday horror beginning on October 1st. Also screening in the series, which Facebook fans got to vote on and choose, will be Beetlejuice on October 8th, Duel on October 22nd, and An American Werewolf in London on October 29th. And starting October 6th, Stone Farms in Escondido is kicking off movie Fright Nights with Night of the Living Dead. So till our next film fix, I'm Beth Accomando, your resident cinema junkie. Check back each Thursday for film reviews and each Friday for interviews. Tomorrow I'll have my podcast wrap up of Son of Monsterpalooza, the movie monster convention that was held last weekend in Burbank. I spoke with the show organizer Elliot Brodsky, amazing artist Mike Hill, and Fright Night director Tom Holland. So I hope you'll join me.